Denise, and I'm here with my breast friend, Sandra Marsh. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Welcome. Deb. Thanks for coming here, and uh, thanks for coming to my studio. <laughs> <laughs> Over in my apartment. I don't have a studio. Um, and um, doing this with me because, as I told you, so San- Sandra is on my dragon boat team. I am. And that's why I call her my best friend because our dragon boat team is a boat full of um, breast cancer survivors. We are. We are. <laughs> and when were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed on April 30th. Of 2018. Really fresh. Really fresh. So you're what we would call, no, what I would call, not we, a newbie. I am a newbie. <laughs> a newbie boobie. There you go. I like that. Okay. So so just give us a little bit of background of like who you are, where you like your family or none, like just like married, single, kids, all of that. I am happily divorced. Okay, good. <laughs> when did you get divorced? Uh, about 12 years ago. Okay, yeah. all right. I have two kids, yeah. a girl and a boy. Met your girl. She's lovely. Yeah, she is. She's wonderful. <laughs> they were a great support system. Great. Um, yeah, just a small family. Just a small family. Well, you know, that's the normal size these days. But that's what we need as a good support system. We but, do. you know, not everybody has it. Because I'm sure you were terrified. And So why don't you tell me how you found, before we get into all of that, why don't you tell me how you found your lump and your story leading up to diagnosis? Um, it was actually very quick. Um, I think that your Good Friday was in March. Yeah. And on Good Friday, I got stepped out of the shower and I noticed an indent in my left breast. Okay. And felt around and felt a small lump. Thought, okay, we have to have this looked at, but it doesn't feel like much. Um, the following Monday, uh, phoned my doctor. Yeah. Got in to see her, um, but it took two weeks. Yeah. So you're sitting there going, what is this? What is this? Uh, she looked at it. She thought it was mobile. It was going to be nothing. It was small. Mobile meaning what? A mobile? She could move it around. So okay. It hadn't stuck to anything. Okay. really dug in. Okay. So she thought it was going to be no problem. Okay. Um, she set me up with the Freeport Hospital and the breast screening clinic there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I had a mammogram and an ultrasound that day. And uh, after about an hour sitting and waiting... Uh, they took me into a room and said that it was cancer and that it was 7.6 centimeters. <gasps> oh, my God, Not Sandra. small at all. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not small at all. <laughs> so you you got it, like, within the, like, like at the appointment at Freeport. They did yes. it right there. Yes. Oh, see, I had to wait. No, it was 7.6 centimeters, and they did a, a biopsy that same day before I left. Wow. So then I had to wait for the results to find out that right. it was cancerous. Oh, so they didn't tell you it was cancer. They just... Well, they basically said it was breast cancer. Oh, they did, I eh? guess because of the size of it. Oh, okay. How could it not? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So we went One from... One would hope. One yeah. could always dream. Exactly. <laughs> My dream kind of got broken that Yeah, way. I guess so. <laughs> so wow. we went from one doctor saying it was mobile, not going to be a problem. To, oh my god, it's 7.6 centimeters. How long Holy has it been in there? Cow. And you never noticed it before. Never noticed a thing. It was now, just a pucker. Get, so it was like just on the side of your breast, on or was bo- it on, on the bottom? Yeah. So it's kind of hidden. It I mean, is. at our age, we kind of. <laughs> <laughs> our yes, are gravity is not in our favor. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So, okay, and you didn't feel anything? No symptoms, no nothing pain, at all. Nothing. And so just when you were drawing one day, you just noticed and like, oops, in the mirror and... Yeah, it's like, that's very strange. Wow. And then feeling around, I could feel small. Yeah. But it was that's hiding. centimeters. Because wow. Even, even the surgeon that day when he was, because uh, he was on call that day at the, the screening, he felt around. He said, it does not feel that big. But... Wow. The, uh, the... Where the radiologist looked at it and it was seven point six. Holy cow, that's huge! That really shocked me. Yeah, that, that, that scared me. you. I you was, were alone at this point. Were I you was. on your own? Yes, I went alone. Oh wow! Because I didn't think it was going to be anything. <laughs> wow. So, so how'd you get home? Okay, I mean, because uh, it was when I went for the biopsy, I was told, you know, the biopsy, you pretty much 
I thought could go on my own because I didn't expect any results. But I didn't go. I went to Cambridge Hospital. I didn't oh. go to to Freeport. Okay. Because my doctor's in Cambridge. So and it was mine, but I told her I would prefer Kitchener because I well, lived I in Kitchener. I didn't know I had the option at the <laughs> time, right? So, um, yeah. So I went and got the biopsy and everything in in Cambridge, but they didn't. I had to wait for the diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. No, they did that all pretty much that same day. And and that same day as I'm sitting there and they're telling me all this and they're saying, okay, we're going to set you up for an MRI. We're going to set you up for CAT scans and all this other stuff because before you get in to see your doctor, it might take a couple weeks to get in to see the doctor. So we're going to just get all these tests done beforehand. So let me ask you, because I know when... I was diagnosed. So when I went to my doctor to get the results, Mm -hmm. I brought a friend with me because I was told Mm -hmm. if you, it is positive, you may not be able to drive home. Mm -hmm. How did you drive home? Did you, how did you manage that? (laughs) Well, um, once I got the news, because I got the news and then I processed it and then they did the biopsy um, because everything was done so quickly. Yeah. You really didn't have time to think about it. Okay. So then as I'm driving home, which was only a 15-minute drive. Okay. I was lucky that way. So as I'm driving home, I can feel myself ready to burst. But I thought, nope, hold off. Because I live in an apartment, too. It's like I am not going to be a blubbering idiot in the elevator. (laughs) (laughs) So I just um, kept it together, got home. And uh, once I got in the door, that was it. I just kind of burst into tears. and. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know who you are eh, until you're presented with something like this. Yeah. I don't know how I would have been if I was on my own, but I had a friend with me, so it gave me the freedom to be a Release. blithering idiot. <laughs> and and honestly, I mean, thank God she was there because the minute, you know, my doctor said, you have cancer, I, everything was just, I, it was like a Charlie Brown movie after yes. that, right? It was yes, like, blah, 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 blah. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. And, um, and over the next few months with appointments, I had to have people there with me because yeah. I could oh. not retain any. Yes, every appointment after that, I did have somebody with me taking yeah. notes. Yeah, me too, because yeah. Because the same thing, it's like, I couldn't, um, I could only process a little bit of information, and then I kind of shut down. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm a very strong person. I've been on my own for so long that I deal with things very well in crisis. But it's when your adrenaline runs down that that's when you break down. Yeah, but I always I'm not sure about you, but in crisis is always with other people or other things. Have yeah, you I've had been, oh, well, it's I, your divorce and everything. Yeah, so I, that I'm, might have been in crisis. Right? Yeah, I've, I've had deaths and a lot of deaths in the family. Have you? And, okay. Like. Um, my brother died when he was 10 years old. My father died. So a lot of my relatives have died. So you kind of go through all of that. Right. I learned to be the strong one. So I was able to, in this case, I was able to. For 15 minutes. For 15 15 minutes. minutes. (laughs) And then then crashed and burned. Crashed and burned. Yeah. Which is good too. We have to be able to release that. Yeah. I feel like we do. Absolutely. Um, That's just me personally, but I couldn't hold it with, with like the minute my doctor was kind of fumbling around and it was like, oh my God, said Anna. And then he had to leave the room because he wasn't sure he had the right paperwork. And I said, Anna, I think I have cancer. And she says, well, he hasn't said it yet. And I went, oh God. And it's like you just, I was just holding it together. Um, Wow. So you found out right away. And how, so how long did it take to get to the next MRI, cat, the CT scan, all of that? Did it take time? Days. Oh, good. I, and, okay. and I was, it kind of scared me because I thought, why are they fast tracking me? And is it that big? Is this like serious? Am I not understanding this properly? Because within days I was at uh, Grand River Hospital um, for the MRI, for the CT scan, uh, bone scan. Okay, yeah. Um, and then waiting to hear from the surgeon. Okay. And uh, I just, in my mind, I'm thinking, this is too quick. This never happens. Yeah, you know when people, people say that the Canadian system is really bad. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I, honest to God, when I looked at what the cost was for my treatment, I was okay if I had to wait a couple of weeks or a couple Absolutely. of months. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, man. I would say the longest I waited was that two weeks between when I found the lump and I got my family doctor's appointment. 
Wow. Everything, Everything else was went in. so fast. Because from April 30th from diagnosis, I had PICLINE inserted on the 17th of May and chemo on the 18th. Wow. That was fast. So that, that scared me. That really was <laughs> fast. So what was the di- so the diagnosis was cancer. And yes. then when you went to see an oncologist, they mm-hmm. diagnosed. So you said, did they give you a, a stage? Or not, or was... I've never really gotten that out of them, no. No, okay. Yeah, they don't... I asked, and they don't like telling you that, because there's so many other things with breast cancer. It's like whether it's estrogen positive, triple negative, you know, HER2, la, 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 la. Exactly. God knows what else, right? And then everybody goes, well, what kind of cancer do you have? And it's It's like like breast cancer. Yeah. It's in in there. It's in there. I don't know. It's so many letters and so many... Right. You know, and I finally had to look it up in my, uh, my... All my notes, and it was... And now I can't even think of it. It's hormone. Oh gosh. Hormone positive. Hormone. Yeah. Hormone positive. Estrogen positive. Es- or- yeah, well, it's estrogen, estrogen positive. So yeah. It's hormone positive. Her two negative. Okay. So her two negative is a good one. Yes, it is. It's an aggressive. I had her two positive, and I didn't realize. You know, I kind of buried my head in the sand a bit, mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't until I was got my my bearings, which was months later, right. maybe a year later, that I, I realized how serious HER2 is. Yes. It's like, I, until 20 years ago, I think, they had really no, they had no um, treatment for it. No. I don't I think they tested for it, did they? No. No. It, no, they didn't even test for it. because And, and they started to test for it because people were dying over mm-hmm. um, just regular chemo treatments. And exactly. Yeah, so I consider myself lucky that that there was something that they could do that they they could identify it. Yes. And, um, so, did you have a lumpectomy? Did you have a mastectomy? I had a lumpectomy, but I had my chemo first to try and shrink. Oh, the, okay. The tumor. Okay, and did it? It did. Yeah. It shrunk it down to three separate. Oh, ball, little like ones, little balls, little balls, clumps yeah, of of like a centimeter, and I think the biggest one was maybe two point three at that. Okay. Point. All right. So that was wonderful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that gave me the option of a lumpectomy or a mastectomy. Right. And I chose the lumpectomy. Okay. And did you go through the BRCA, BRCA no. test? No. Neither did I. No. So. I'm the first in my family to have breast cancer. So I've brought uh, it to the family. You. <laughs> They're you so happy. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, my mother died. My mother died of complications of breast cancer. I mean, she died in her 80s. She found out that she had breast cancer late 70s, early 80s. And then um, it was complications of that that got her because she refused chemo and radiation oh, okay. and stuff. And so I, they never really tested me for, I can't remember if they tested me. Would that test have gone down to Boston Mass? I can't remember. You know what? They were waiting for tests for Boston. So maybe they, I don't know. They tested me for something. You know what? Maybe they test it all the time now and just don't don't tell us. Maybe. Because my concern was my daughter. Right. But they said, no, this type of breast cancer is not hereditary. I think they have to get your permission to do the BRCA test. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think okay. I don't know. I don't know anymore. It's you they didn't know. seem to have a concern. They didn't ask. Yeah. So, so okay. <laughs> All right. So you had how many chemo treatments did you have? Eight chemo treatments. Okay. And was it two, was it all the same cocktail? No. I okay. Had four of one, and um, for the first four weeks, it was two different cocktails. Yeah. And then the second four was a different cocktail, and that one I actually reacted to. Okay. You know, where they say, you know, you're going to have an instant reaction or not. Yeah. And if you do, we're going to, and I did. Okay. <laughs> so they shot me up with the, uh, and the cortisone or something to stop yes. everything. And yeah. Yeah, shut it off. And it it just meant that they had to do a slow drip for the rest of them. Right. So my body was Your body. okay to handle it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I went through you that as that well. Too. Yeah. I had my, I had AC for the first. Don't ask yep. me what they mean. I had AC for the first yep. and uh, TH for the second, Taxol. And, Taxol, yes. Yeah. That was... And so they, they said that there was a possibility that the AC I would react to, not the Taxol. But, man, I, I just no, I didn't taxol. do well with the Taxol, man. <laughs> that scared me, that that first treatment of that. Because uh, yeah. you know, your whole body feels like it's on fire and you can just feel it welling right up. Is that what happened That's to what you? That's what happened to me. And right. then they looked at me and, like, I said to my daughter, I said, no, this isn't, this isn't right. So she yelled to get a nurse and they came over and went, oh yeah, I guess I had turned all red. Okay. And uh, yeah, but they're quick. 
Oh, they are fast. I had to actually, <laughs> I had to actually hit the. Uh, I never, I didn't even know that there was a button at my chair. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I had to hit the button because okay. I felt like my sternum and my hips were exploding. Ah, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, my I think my heart rate really sped up, did and it? then I turned yeah. really beat red. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so they put me on. Uh, so I had a lot of antihistamines. They tried to give that to me orally, and then it wouldn't work. And then I had to. You know, through my port, I had a port, not a, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and I went from four of those to 10 of those. Oh. Yeah, really. And, and instead of every other week, every week. Yep. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so um, other than your second bout of um, chemo, the second cocktail, mm-hmm. did you have radiation after that? Um, after the chemo, I had the surgery. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and then they didn't get a positive margin, so I had to have a wedge resection a month later. <laughs> so we had a second surgery. Yeah. And uh, then we followed up with radiation, but we still didn't get a clean margin. Oh, no. Yeah. So then what happened? Did they have to go in again? No, because they, they said it was against the cavity muscle, and I guess they don't like to cut into the, <clears throat> the okay. muscle All or right. the chest muscle. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they were hoping that the radiation would get whatever was left. And do they know if it did or not? We'll never know. Until, You'll never unless know. I get unless it you get, okay. So I live with that. Oh, that fear. That unknown. Yeah. 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 I think, but I don't, yeah, I don't know if I live with that unknown too, but even though they got it in all the margins, it wasn't in my lymph notes. Was it in your lymph no. notes? Lymph okay, notes so are clear. So that's to me, good. that's like, okay. It's a bit of a peace <laughs> of mind, right? Yes. A bit. Yes. 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 Yeah. But because I have her too, it's just like, exactly. you know, mm. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I don't have the her too, but I have that positive margin. So it's right. the same kind of thing. What I can say though, you being only a year out of the gate mm-hmm. or a year and a half out of the gate is that your mind will, will oh, with all your checkups and everything, it'll slowly, <laughs> slowly subside. It'll never go away, but right. it will slowly subside. Yeah. That's, good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, my attitude has always been through the whole thing. It is what it is. I can't change it. Yeah. So let's face it head on. Yeah. So. It, that's amazing because I don't know if, it, like when I looked at people in treatment at the chemo suite, mm-hmm. yeah, that didn't look like that was going on a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I like not to knock them because it's a damn scary thing to go through. It's really it's scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. And... Um, not everybody has that kind of, uh, fortitude, I guess. Mm-hmm. I decided early on I was going to kick it that. Good for you. That it wasn't going to get me. I was going to get it. Yeah. So I went into that fight, fighting hard. Good. And like told my family up front, this is, this is nothing. We're going to fight this. Yes. I have some discomfort to go through in the next year. Um, but it's going to be fine. Yeah, and I went through, I used to tell people it was, it's, it's a, uh, what did I used to say? It's a pain in the ass interruption in my life. Yes. You know? Yep. And um, once it's done, you know, it's done. Yes. Wow. Also know. a wake-up call. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I, so let's talk about that, because I've had, I've had, yeah. What was your wake-up call? My wake-up call was... I was, my job, I'm a controller, financial controller for a Oh, not like controlling company. people. But no. You're... <laughs> well, <laughs> ask my boss that. Okay. <laughs> I do have control issues. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of second in command at yeah. my place of employment. And uh, so I always, always took the stresses home, always let the job get the best of me. And it really changed that. First and foremost, it was like, okay, it's just a job. If I don't get this done today, there's another day. It's just not that important anymore. But not everybody looks at it that way either, right? It's no, I mean, so we've, we've both had cancer and we both, we each come to it with a perspective of life Mm -hmm. and and how we're going to deal with it. But I look at some people I do know who have debilitating diseases and, that's still not, a, they don't go down that road. No. That it's, you know, it's just a job or it's yeah. It's just an argument or it's, 
I guess I guess it's because I also had a friend just before all of this happened. Yeah. He was diagnosed. Um, he has a, a life-threatening disease, but it's controlled by medication. And he ran into a little blip where he wasn't feeling well, went to the hospital. Um, and they basically told him he had cirrhosis of the liver. He was going to die. Go home. <gasps> so for months before that, we were dealing with now health anxiety because he was told he was going to die. Oh, my God. So it turns out the doctor was wrong. The scarring on his liver was because the medica- because he hadn't had the medication early on in his disease. So there was scarring from that. Since he's had this medication, there's no further scarring. Oh, my God. So if this doctor had understood this life-threatening disease, which is very rare, none of that would have happened. But at the same time, I don't know that I would have dealt with my sickness Without the same having, way. Right. Because when I, when we were dealing with him and his health anxiety, um, it was it's crazy, and it's still going on, but, you know, we get through it very well. Yeah. <laughs> I was terrified to tell him that I had cancer. Yeah. I didn't know whether that was going to send him off the edge or help him forget about his diagnosis and help, you know, get his mind back on track. Um, so I was terrified to tell him. And he was the first one that called me when I was at home crying. Right. <laughs> and I was like, what's wrong? It's, I can't tell you. <laughs> and did you tell him? I did. And I did. he didn't go off the He didn't the go edge. off the rails. No, he, he's been my best support system. And, That's great. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it's all those things up to that point that gave me, that you. kind of prepared me for dealing with my diagnosis. Right. It's like, okay, we dealt with yours, now we're going to deal with mine. Right. There's something I just want to, you know, if you want to keep talking, I, there's something, I, a picture I want to look at. We had, um, there's another group that I'm uh, with, it's called the Cancer Chicks. Oh. And um, it's a group of women who met at Hope Springs. Oh. And um, so there's there's about 13 of us right now. Hey, you can join the club. I mean, you're already in one of them. <laughs> there you go. Come to another. So um, uh, you don't know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. So that was something. I actually found that online, and I'm sure I want to make a, a big sign and put it to stick it up in my, my house because it's, it's true. Yeah. 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 It's... Um, yeah, it is crazy true. And yeah. you don't know where your resources are going to come from, and you don't know how you're going to do But here's the thing, you do. You do. I didn't you know, have a choice. <laughs> you know, I found something online that said, uh, so far, um, what is it? We all So far, I've survived 100% of my bad days. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It's so we, true. But when you're in it, man, you don't think that you're going to, like, like every minute feels like an hour, and every hour feels like a day. It and does. It's a long, long journey. Scary one. It's a very scary one. <coughs> and when you reach the end of the treatment, it's not over. No. It's just not over. I'm still to have days where my brain doesn't work well. And okay. I'll say to my boss, we're not making financial decisions today. It's a, it's a chemo day. It's a chemo brain day. Yes. And, they, and uh, they, he's great that way because it's like, okay, and I'll find something mundane to do. Right. But at least I can still work. <laughs> well, and isn't that brilliant that you're able to say, okay, we're not making any financial display because now you're taking care of his company and he's taking care of you. Yes. Right. Yes. And I think that's, I think that's amazing. And oh, that you've got amazing support. It's, it's a great place to work. And he was wonderful through the whole treatment. That's great. It was, we hired somebody to do the um, basic stuff that I couldn't be in there doing day to day, but I still work three days a week. Yeah. I work through mine too. Yeah. And yeah. that was the best thing I ever did. I can't say it was the best thing I ever did because I tried to put full days in no. and that was that was like a mistake on my part, yeah. right? Thinking, yeah. You know, thinking I can accomplish everything and uh, really accomplish nothing. And and I and I probably um, you know, you know, I I work for not for profit, so I don't know how that impacted the not for profit. I mean, they didn't have a full-time employee, that's for sure, because right. I couldn't function. And uh, I wish I had done three days or two days a week. That would have been something that I could have handled, I think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, me and my pride and <laughs> yes. my, uh, I can do this, man. And I look back, and I'm not sure it was, and, and if I put aside them, they supported me amazingly, mm-hmm. and I am forever grateful 
that the organization had my back. I really am. Um, But for me, like, I wasn't getting rest. I was doing chemo treatment, and I wasn't resting. And um, things were harder to do. And I, you know, so there was a lot of, if I had maybe done two or three days a week as opposed to, and I might have recognized faster that I couldn't even do, you know, full, you know, two or three days a week. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, even two or three days a week, if I was in there and it's like, "Mm, this isn't working for me, I would leave early. I had that freedom that it's like, no, this isn't working. I've got to go home. So did I on a daily basis. But Mm -hmm. I just don't think when I look at how um, my recovery was, Mm -hmm. I probably, I don't know. You never really know, right? (laughs) I mean, the what ifs of life. If only. We're we're not going to uh, revisit it anyway. No. Well, (laughs) no. That's the aim to stay healthy. So what other, so you said earlier that, you know, there was a mind shift. There was like a wake up call. So what other wake up call, was that the that was the, the, yeah, the big one. The, the biggest one was the job. Right. It's just a job. And right. that it's time to start taking care of me. Yeah. And it's time to start doing the things that I want to do. And yeah. So um, I'm trying to travel a little bit more. Going to, I go to Florida with my friend for twice a year. Good. Um, just to get away and just things like that. Yeah. Just being able to, you know, if I want to take off on a sunny day, I will. Right. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it and I'm not going to worry about it right we're just going to embrace life that's perfect that is great wonderful so um did you do anything so here in kitchener waterloo we had the WellFit program for did you do WellFit? i yes i did the 12 week free program right and loved it so much that i'm still there Good. Yeah. <laughs> so I do that twice a week. Yeah. And then I still do the driving. Do you do it twice during the day or do you do it? I do it after work. After work. Okay. Yeah. All right. I work up in the north end of Waterloo. So oh, so just, it's, it's, it's really handy. quick for you yeah. to get up there. Yeah. I was thinking of doing it at night too, but yeah, I think the latest one is 5.15? 6.15. Is it 6.15? Yeah. I do the 5.15 to 6.15. Okay. Uh, because it's, I, I work till four. Right. So I'll just stay and work later. Right. And, and then, then I just head over. Head over. But there's one from 6.15 to 7.15. Yeah, and the days that they have that. Yeah, it's not doesn't work for me. Anyways, the, the, but, so what it, so explain WellFit. Just as a... To me, WellFit, it's, it's just a program where they build the program for you on things that you can do, things that you can't do. Um, in the beginning, because I'm still fresh at this, um, I had limitations in my arm. Okay. I couldn't lift my arm too hard um, or too high. So they would build... Um, exercises around that that would help me build the strength in that but like all the exercises weren't based on using that arm right so it um, it really helps and I I like the fact to me it's like having a personal trainer um, at your beck and call watching you making sure you're doing it right you wear a heart monitor while you're there so I know that if there's any problems they're on it yeah Um, and they are (laughs) because the when the watch beeps, they're listening. <laughs> right. Um, and it's just, it's nice because every 12 weeks you get a new program, new set of uh, exercises, so you never get bored of the right. things you're doing. Right. And I'm really seeing results in my mobility and my balance. They're starting to come back. And what about your, your thought process? Do you find that's coming back due to exercise or maybe not? I don't know. Um, I don't know that it's... I don't think it, I don't know that it's due to the exercise, exercise or not. Okay. Um, I never exercised before this. Oh, okay. I never found the time. So okay. again, this is one of those things of I'm putting me as a priority over everything else. So I started taking care of myself and doing the, the exercise. You know, there's nights when you don't feel like going, but once you get there, it's like, no, this is for me. Yeah. This is important. The doctors did everything that they could. It's my turn. Right. It's now your action. That's right. right. Yeah. That's they right. helped you through this far. And it's up to you now to take you to the next step. And, you know, you could change everything, and it it may extend your life for another 40 years. Yes, exactly. Or not. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our... Re- well, that's I don't want to live another 40 years. I know. I know. I think about that. It's like, yeah, I'd be 103. Yeah, no. Nah. I um, should mention that WellFit, though, is only for can- for cancer patients, cancer right? Cancer patients only, yes. Only cancer. Yeah, and it's at the University of Waterloo, I think, right? The, yes, yes. The Tony, Toby, Toby Hawk, Hopkins? 
Jenkins? Toby Jenkins. Toby Jenkins. Toby Jenkins uh, facilities. So, yeah, it's it's a really good program. It's really good. And they're really, really good at, um, (laughs) how do I put this? Um, They know when something's hurting you, they're watching your facial expressions. And they'll come and they'll modify something. Or um, I ended up with an infection a month ago. Um, and they, we had to modify some of the, uh, exercises for that because I couldn't lay on my breasts. <laughs> like, please don't let me lay down. <laughs> All the little things that you never really took, like you just took for granted, took for granted. right? Like, yes. You know, yes. sleep on your side. No problem. Nope. nope. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. You know, and if you're if you're a tummy sleeper and you've had a mastectomy, you'd be off balance, yes. right? <laughs> Even a lumpectomy. Even a lumpectomy, yes. Yeah. My, my surgeon said to me, so Debbie, you know, we're going to do this lumpectomy. And for my big-breasted women, I never really suggest <laughs> that we remove the breast. But if you find that your, your nipple is off kilter, you just come back and we'll fix that, right? It's like, oh god, I think that's the least the of my worries. They've again. always been off kilter. Oh my god, yeah, you know, age does that too. Oh, too, does so, you know. So, and so, how did you find out about the Dragon Boat Team, the Dragon Flyers, through the Wellfit Program? Okay. You had a flyer up there, okay, looking at for anybody who's interested in and in joining, joining, and uh, I took a picture of that while I was there, and and decided that it was something I. Enjoyed. I enjoy the water. Right. Um, and the dragon boat, I had seen races before because my son was in Kung Fu. And we, oh, okay. we would go out and do all the demos and the lion dance that would go on prior mm-hmm. to some of these events. Mm-hmm. So I've seen the dragon boat and I really enjoyed it. And I thought, there's something I can do two days a week that'll keep me busy and keep me healthy. And it's just that gives me four days a week of fitness. Of yeah. So I signed up and Paid my fees before I even uh, showed oh, up that day. Oh, did you really? I did. I was Good committed. For you. It was like I'm all or nothing. It's like pay my dues and and signed up. So that first day when I showed up, I was already. You were number. already. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that is great. And then you've. So how? So tell me your experience with dragon boating right now. Like, like it's not just the it's not just the dragon boating and the training. For me, it's the camaraderie. It's the it's absolutely. I had, I had been doing radiation and all of this right up to the end of December, and the season started in May. Yeah. So I was only five months out of this, and every appointment I went to and every treatment I went to, you always hear people down and, how are you feeling today? Oh, well, you know, and it's like I just couldn't be around that environment. Mm-hmm. I got out of the car, uh, my, the first practice, and Sandy uh, was oh. standing there. And um, I didn't know what to do, where to go, anything like this. And, I, you know, you're always brand new to something. It's kind of intimidating. She came right over and she goes, you're new. And I was like, yes, I am. Come on, let's do this, let's do that. And she introduced me to everybody. And from the first second I got out of that car, I felt like part of the team already. Lovely. It was just, I've never had that kind of experience. And it's been so positive. Everybody is there to support you. If you're having a bad day, there's a hug. Yeah. <laughs> and an understanding, right? And an understanding. Yeah. Everybody knows what you're going through yeah. and what you've gone through. And, yeah. And it's a still a positive group. Yeah, we have fun. We have a lot of fun. Yeah. And I needed that positivity. I needed to surround myself with people who, yes, had had breast cancer. It wasn't all they were. Right. It was just part of, it's just it's, part of yeah, our life, Yeah, it was just right? a part, it was a blip on the road, yep, blip and on we go. Yeah. And that's what the dragonflyers do. Yep. You get in that boat, and you paddle your heart out, and you work hard, but at the end of it, we're athletes. Yeah. Yeah! Yeah, that's exciting! When, when our coach, Bronwyn, said that one day, she goes, I don't treat you as breast cancer survivors, I treat you as athletes. That had a defining moment for me. Mm-hmm. I kind of got choked up a little bit because it was like, I've never been an athlete. I've never been in this environment where it's for a team, but we're such a strong team. Yeah. Emotionally and supportively. And I think we're really lucky that we do because not everybody, you know, there, there are some challenging stories out there of other dragon boat teams and, 
I find that the women that are in the boat, like, are remarkable. Yes. And, you know, and the truth is, is, um, you know, you don't have to get along with everybody or you don't have to like everybody. No. But you you get along with them, right? Because it's just, it's a team environment. It is. That's what the Dragon Boat not only, it taught me that. It taught me that I was, I had a, a place Yes. There. Yes. Right. And that um, I was no, I was no different than they were. Right. You're not alone. And I'm not alone. And if the humor that was that's there. <laughs> yes. And I love the humor part of it. Not yes. everybody does, but mm-hmm. I do kind of, I kind of like it. I mean, yeah. I love it when Bronwyn doesn't even think, right? Like, get your boob to the gunnel. And it's like, well, not everyone has a boob, Bronwyn, so... <laughs> And I gotta sit on the other side I of the boat. Sing- <laughs> 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 you got me all yet. Paddling with the wrong poop. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's quite remarkable, and just from like not only physically but spiritually for me, you know. It, yes. I leave there, like you said. I love the water. I love the outdoors. And as the seas, you know, when we move into September, the sunsets oh, kind of gorgeous, yes. right? Yes. The days get shorter, and um, it's just beautiful. I just love it. Mm. And um, and we get wet. Yes. Really wet <laughs> and muddy <laughs> and muddy. <laughs> but you know, it's and where else would you see 20, eighteen to twenty? Women picking up a boat and putting it in the water. Seven hundred pound boat. Mm-hmm. Yes, putting it in the water. Right, <laughs> like that's when when you look at it. That's and that was before we got the uh, the that trailer, the cart, the yes. cart that yes. helped us roll it over. We had to carry that baby Absolutely. all the way down. <laughs> and you know, there's only um, there's only a couple of women who are under. No, nobody's under thirty anymore. No, Emily, I think was the youngest because Emma's our our youngest paddler, and I think she's around 30 now. And then we have Joanne, right, mm-hmm. who's, what, 70, she's in her late 70s, I yes. think. And, yes. you know, that in itself is remarkable. Absolutely. That these women are doing this. Yes. And talking about being an international athlete, <clears throat> I didn't even realize um, that I was part of a, a bigger community until I went to Italy. Mm, yes. And we were walking down. Uh, we were walking down to the parade. We all had to walk. We all had to get to the square, and line up in our teams. And um, so the team had met at the hotel. We all came together at the hotel. And it's not for Italy. One, one of the things about Florence is you could walk anywhere in Florence, right? And I didn't realize that when I was there. But um, it's really it's a big city, but you can walk anywhere real quick. Like it's it's like a half hour walk almost anywhere, or forty minute. Anyways, that's not the thing. We're walking down as a team, and people are staring at us, right? So I think it was Tammy's. Yeah, Tammy's husband. I heard him go to somebody and say all these women are breast cancer survivors and they're here for the international breast cancer um, regatta. And that's when I realized, oh my God, there's like 122 teams of 22 women in here in Italy from around the world that are doing this. It really was. (laughs) It was like, and that's when I got choked up. It was like, holy cow, like, a, I'm an international athlete, you know, yes. <laughs> look at me, I'm an international athlete, but B, I, it's part of a bigger picture. It is. And it's, it's humbling. Mm-hmm. It's humbling and exciting at the same time. Exciting in as much as all these women have decided to get into the boat and give it a whirl and Absolutely. stayed, right, and um, are overcoming the... Well, they're overcoming whatever it is they're overcoming. The odds, they're overcoming their fear, they're overcoming the future. The stigma. The stigma of it, it. yes, yes. Oh, you've got cancer, poor you. Yeah. No. 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 (laughs) See this paddle? (laughs) I've got a paddle, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so your your daughter, was your son come to, did your son come to see you? My son came to Stratford. Stratford, that's right, yeah. And um, so your kids, what do they think about you doing this? They are so impressed and so proud of me. Um, when I like when I went through my, my treatments, they were 
amazed at how well I went through them and how easy it was to care for me. Right. Because I really didn't need a lot of caring for. <laughs> I had already decided I wasn't going to be a burden for them. So uh, that was part of it. And then when I when I told them that I was signing up and or I had signed up and that this is what I was going to do, they were just kind of, pardon me? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do what? <laughs> but uh, no, they've, they've been proud of me. They're supporting me. They come, Carolyn comes to every regatta. She, yeah. Um, just like she comes to every appointment that she can. She's just always there for me. Um, they're proud of me. And that, that's a really good feeling that that's my right. kids are proud of what I'm doing. And wonderful. How I've how I've attacked this. Yes. And just pushed on. Good for uh, good for you and good for us. Yes. It's good for them, right? Absolutely. And we, and we should be proud of ourselves. Absolutely. I am proud of myself. Good for you. I really yes. am. I I fought hard and now I'm reaping those rewards. Good. By feeling better and we still have days here and there, right? Well, who doesn't? Exactly. I mean, it, this isn't this this it's chat, a long journey. It is a long. Well, life is long. Yes, <laughs> with or without you know cancer, yes. right? Life, yeah. it, life is long, and it, you know, I, I, it's. I used to have this this unrealistic view of someone, the way you present yourself. <clears throat> positive outgoing and you don't have a worry in the world yes and that's not true it's in not. any way shape or form there's from the nobody. day you're born to the day you die <laughs> there's always something yes and it's really and, and you know i said this to um another group i belong to it's not you know it, it sounds trite to me sometimes it's not how many times you fall down but it's how mm -hmm. many times you pick yourself up but there is truth to that because absolutely truth to that. we all fall down. Yes, we do. And we all don't think we're going to be able to pick ourselves back up again, whether, whether it's, you know, because my life I've had, you know, depression and mm -hmm. I, I, you know, there are times I didn't know I was going to get out of bed and I had a job to go to <laughs> and it was, it was painful. It was physically and mo emotionally painful absolutely. to, 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 muster up the energy and it wasn't even courage it was just like i just have to get there mm -hmm. and how functional i was was a whole other thing <laughs> but you know i i had to do that right yes. i ended up you probably don't know because i ended up homeless for a while oh wow. yeah and so now homeless not on the streets mm -hmm. i mean you know i call it privileged homelessness because i had friends who would take me in okay. but i didn't have a place of my own I didn't have an address I didn't have you know what in my mind one misstep was you know one pissing off whoever was helping me at that time and I never knew if I pissed him off but it could be anything right like my car was the next you know the next stop right and that was always on my mind and you know and I would, and it was hard to get a job and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I was always looking at gas prices, trying to get gas for my car at the cheapest price. So I remember, you know, a penny meant, meant a lot Absolutely. when you're on a, you know, on a limited budget on welfare. Right. And yeah, so I never thought, you know, I didn't know how I was going to make it till tomorrow. Never mind, um. <laughs> Never mind, you know, getting to hop into a dragon boat yeah. and go somewhere, right? So, so life is like that. Life has its challenges, and and again, I had to re I had to reprogram my brain to um, to not be a victim to life. Yes. yes, and that's not easy. That's true. That's not easy. But here we are, breast cancer survivors, dragon boaters. Going to, you coming to New Zealand? New Zealand. Excellent. So every four <laughs> years, the International Breast Cancer Commission, I think it's called, has, um, every four years, they have a, a world dragon boat regatta. And in 2022, we're going to, I don't know where it is in New Zealand, because I can't pronounce the word, <laughs> but it's, go, it's going to be in New Zealand. And it looks like we have at least 20 women interested, interested going. in yes. going. So yes. that's pretty exciting. Absolutely. And now you will have the stamp of not only athlete, but international athlete yes. on your, on your <laughs> badge, badge of pride. <laughs> That's exciting. That's exciting. 
And so anything else that maybe, oh, you know what I wanted to talk to you about? So we talked about it earlier before I turned the mic on. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to just, did you experience anything, people saying anything to you that was maybe not, like they were trying to be encouraging because, you know, when you hear somebody has cancer, mm-hmm. those who have never gone through it, it's like, like, what do you say? Yes. Because even in today's day and age, cancer equals death. Yes. Right? That's that's immediate, like, where people who haven't had cancer go. Right. Right? So, and I know people want to say things, but they don't know what to say. <laughs> and then it comes out all wrong. <laughs> so, have, did anybody ever say anything to you that just kind of... I think... For the most part, it was just when they found out you had cancer. It was like, oh, yeah, so-and-so had cancer. They died. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I got that uh, quite a bit. Did you? Like, yeah. yeah, so-and-so had it, and this, sort, this person this, and they did this, and they did that. But, yeah, they died from it. <laughs> so- and it was like, oh, thank you. That's really encouraging. <laughs> I'm, I'm not so I'm not a mother. I've never been pregnant. I haven't had a baby. But I remember my, one of my sister-in-laws saying, "Yeah, when I told people I was pregnant and going into labor, I got all the labor experiences." Yes. yes. <laughs> it's like you know, now you tell torture. me. Yeah. <laughs> the pain, the torture, the screaming, the whatever it is you go through, right? Exactly. Even with an epidural, I hear. Yeah. So. Yeah, you hear all the horror stories that come out in that experience, right? Yes. yes. It's just human nature and unfortunate. And so I have to find, I catch myself every once in a while. Because somebody will say something like horrific that's happened and it's like, you know, I want to do some something that's not going to sound really encouraging at all. And it's just, (laughs) and I've been through a lot. And it's like, I've got to kind of bite my tongue and just say, I'm sorry to hear that. That's right? pretty I'm, much I'm it. I'm yeah. really sorry to hear that. And um, not ask them what they need. That's the other thing I learned. Because people mm. would say to me, what do you need? And I was like, I I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's very <laughs> I true. I got don't that. know. I got that too from, yeah. from people was, what, what can I do or what do you need? Um, but I was lucky. I not only had my kids and my, my sister and my mother uh, were great too, but I had two of my best friends in my corner every step of the way. That's amazing. Um, Matt and Jeff, uh, like I said, Matt was the one that the day I found out I had cancer, he was the first one to call me and said, I left you, um, I phoned you, your phone was off because it went right to voicemail and you don't do that. What's wrong? And from that on, like I just broke down at that point and I told him, he's always in my corner. He calls because he knows something's wrong. He can sense it. He calls me every day. To make sure I'm doing okay. Um, it, he never has to ask, what can I do for you? He, knows, he just knows what to he do. He just knows that sometimes all I need is for somebody to listen. And the only times in this whole process that I broke down was with him. Wow. Because he allowed me to let go. And that he was I, he was the strength for me. I didn't want to do that in front of my kids. Right. Because they... They needed strength, too. They needed yeah. to know that mom's going to be okay. Yeah. So, you know, he was the one where, Matt, I'm just having a bad day, and I'm, I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired. Yeah. And we would get together, and we would just do something, and it was just fantastic. What you would need. Yeah. 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 I was, uh, my experience of that, I had, you know, some people showed up for me that I didn't didn't think so my best friend was there for me mm-hmm. <clears throat> through her challenges as well I mean she's got RA and that's not an easy disease that's no. physically debilitating but people who I thought would be there weren't yes and people who I had hardly knew or had no idea right. were mm-hmm. like I'm not even asking it would show up to my door with something right yes and yes. Or would drop me a card or, 
but they weren't people who I was close to. Exactly. And they were the ones who surprised me. Mm-hmm. And the ones who I thought would be knocking it down the door to help me out, you know, no, not so much. No. They didn't, they didn't know how to help you, so well, they just kind of stay away. Well, yeah, and you know, so in their defense, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit independent, and I don't know how to ask for help, and I'm pretty sure they've offered help before, and I might have said, oh, no, I can do it all on my own, yeah. right? Yeah, maybe not in that tone, but it's, oh, no, I've got it, I've got it handled, if I need anything, I'll let you know, and then they don't hear from me again, so... In, in a state like that, it was, yeah, they're just not coming around. Mm-hmm. And um, because they, A, they don't know what to do, probably, but B, I've always handled it. Yes. Sometimes not well, because I've been homeless. <laughs> <laughs> so. I've always been the fixer in my family. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, nobody knew how to fix me. Yes, yeah. But you didn't even know how to fix you. It's I didn't. Just, no, I did not know how to fix me. So yeah. I just, you know, people would say, well, aren't you frustrated by this? And it's like, the doctors are know what they're doing. I'm going to put my faith in them. And we're just going to go through the process. Yeah. What That's more, all you can, can, what you more can you do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you have to give in to it. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, I, want, you know, I wonder... If people really do in life, right? Because that's a metaphor for life. Sometimes you've just got to, you've just got to accept it. It doesn't mean you. It means that you just acknowledge. For me, acceptance is just acknowledging that it's there and it's yes. happening. Yes. And then you can. I don't have to like it. I don't have to like it. And but and I and it, I don't always know what to do about it either. Right. But sometimes the solution comes to you, like a doctor or. You know, a divot in your boob underneath <laughs> your... <laughs> That's not right. That's not right. So, yeah, it, it really does make you think about life. Well, it does me anyways. Not It does. It makes me look at life from a different perspective. It does. And, and I work hard to keep that... To keep altering that perspective mm-hmm. so that... Um, so that life isn't a child, that I don't fall victim to circumstance. Instead of falling victim to circumstance, not falling a victim to myself, because, man, I can become a victim real, real <laughs> easily, right? In my brain. Yes. In my head, it's like, oh, well, it's me. Yeah. And if they only knew the martyr. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I work really hard to try to now to really just live a life that I'm, you know, that I'm happy with. Yes. As opposed to a life that I think I should be living. Exactly. Yeah. I don't let people guilt me into anything anymore. And it's like, if I don't feel like going somewhere in the family, well, you know, we should do this. It's like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> you should all you like. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You should all you like, honey. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, thank you for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having uh, me.